Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. I'm your host, Jeff Beecham, and in this podcast series, we'll be looking at some of the challenges and opportunities for UK manufacturing in 2022. Throughout the series, I'm hosting a range of guests from service businesses and support organisations, providing subject matter expertise and guidance on a diverse range of topics affecting UK manufacturing. Today, we're going to be showcasing some of the amazing contributions made by women in engineering and manufacturing, along with some of the challenges and support available for females in the sector. I'm delighted to welcome my special guest, Bethan Jepson, founder of Allied Women in Engineering and partner at Allied Global Engineering and UK Business Capital Partners. Welcome, Bethan, and how are you? Hello, Jeff. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's great to be here, and I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Good. I'm very well. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday, so it's uh, you know it's a good day of the week to have these uh, have these uh, you know worthy conversations. So before we get into the the detail of the uh, of the discussion today, could you tell me a bit about yourself? So I guess I have. Well, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur. I've always been a business owner um, since I left university, and I've kind of worked. I've had businesses in various different industries. Um, but only really entered the engineering world a couple of years ago. Um, basically, when the pandemic first started, me and my dad thought, oh, it's a great time to start a business. <laughs> <That's brilliant. laughs> a, actually, I think was quite a popular sentiment at the time. Yeah. Um, I'd kind of come out of the world of like consulting. Um, and, um, you know, as a consultant, I was just on my own and kind of just got a bit lonely, really, and especially when something like the pandemic hits you kind of want people around you to just be there like a you know bit of emotional support as well as like brainstorming and problem solving and so basically yeah I kind of underwent this change um, entered the world of engineering and um, found it quite difficult to be honest because the way our business works is that we are kind of acquiring businesses from retiring founders of engineering and manufacturing businesses it's amazing to be able to do you know to give somebody that's worked their ass off for like 30 years, you know, give them, you know, a way out and, you know, reassurance that their business and people are going to be looked after. So that's lovely. But there's just, <laughs> I just found, I found it quite um, challenging to, I guess, communicate my kind of credibility and just the fact that I know I'm a good business owner or I, you know, I know I've got my own achievements but for some reason, it just felt really hard to get that seen. Yeah. Um, and I was like, is it me? Like, I've, you know, I've attended thousands of business meetings in my time. And, you know, I'm like, what is what am I doing differently? Like, why do I go into these meetings and feel small and feel like I can't speak and like, you know, just not myself at all? And I think and I think it was big, what I kind of came to realize was that you know, going into a business meeting with my business partner, who's my dad, you know, he's a older gentleman. <laughs> People look to him for the answers. Yeah. So I could literally sit there for like 30 minutes and not be asked a single question. Some meetings I sat there for like the whole hour to two hours and wasn't asked a single question. Yeah. <laughs> and I think as well, like my dad, his personality is he's a talker and he he just loves like, yeah, he just gets into it and he'll just like go into his own little world. So yeah. I was finding if my dad wasn't like actively and consciously introducing me, <laughs> I would literally just sit there in silence. 
it's probably quite a common a common thing for a lot of females you know in, in well not necessarily just in manufacturing or engineering but in business in general but i think it's more acutely clear in industry that's that's you know predominantly male dominated that you know there is this stigma you know it's really outdated that well you know it's not really a women's industry and i guess there's that you know there's a there's more of a movement now across not just the uk but but globally to you know to recognize the power that diversity can bring you know not not just in terms of racial diversity or cultural diversity but you know diversity of thought is is, mm-hmm. is a real biggie for me and you know it's really great to see that that more people are sitting up and, and taking some notice of you know great females that are you know putting themselves out there in male dominated industries and and doing a fantastic job i think there were some figures out the other day i think the it was at the FTSE 100 there was a you know a big increase in the you know in the representation of, of females on those boards so you know the, the needle's moving but still a long way to go really i think it's challenging like you should talk about diversity of thought which you know 100% agree with and I think that's a lot of where the value comes from from yeah. having a diverse work- workforce but the challenge is is if you're the only one in the room yeah and you you've got your like <laughs> perspective and you think a certain way but then there's nobody else who agrees with you <laughs> yeah. because no one else thinks like you or sees what you see so yeah so it's no good being the only one I see it all the time, you know, people will have panels and they'll have like four men and one woman or, you know, you know, the same of like not just gender diversity, but, you know, like you say, racial diversity or, you know, LGBTQ or whatever. But and this is the this is the thing I hear most commonly from speaking to women engineers is that they don't get listened to. And like when I did a survey of like what's, you know, if I was going to do a workshop, like what would the topic be on? And I gave like a big range of topics and. Like the most popular one is how do I get my manager to listen to me? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and I certainly find that not just in the engineering space as well, but in the financial space. Mm. Um, so like we're, you know, we're trying to raise money for some of the, some of the acquisitions we're doing and I get it all the time. You know, I, you know, don't get me wrong. That's great at what he does, but I'm the creative mind in this business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that puts together like our amazing like you know presentations and slide decks and all that kind of stuff so it's my it's my words it's my thoughts it's my you know obviously just things as a team but um you know and I always go into these meetings and the 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 end of it is always well let's sit down with your dad and we'll talk it through you know right okay (laughs) okay well (laughs) you know no one's asking him okay let's sit down with your daughter then shall we (laughs) Phil like <laughs> stealing the show a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he loves that. <laughs> yeah, he loves attention. But yeah, it's just, and it, you know, it, it might not just be the fact that I'm a woman. It's probably there's probably an age factor in there. Um, and unfortunately, I do look younger than I actually am. I'm sure that'll pay off one day. But <laughs> 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 and and I, and I think as well because engineering and manufacturing, it is very common for it to be like a family you know family business especially in this kind of small business end of things yeah uh, and because we're a family business as well I think then they kind of automatically assume you have the same dynamic as their family business where yeah the dad makes all the decisions mum does all the stuff in the office kids eventually get bored and move on to other things yeah <laughs> I think people assume that that's kind of what's happening here <laughs> when the reality is is my dad 
doesn't make decisions without me. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's how you communicate that. Absolutely. And uh, I, I guess it's, it's breaking that, that sort of bias that, that people have, you know, when they see a, you know, a, a younger female, you know, accompanied by an, old, an older uh, gentleman, you know, I, I think that you've just got that, t- that stereotypical thought process, I think. And I, I can, I can hear it now. You can, you can almost hear people muttering under their breath. Uh, you know, I, I can see where the focus would be for, for a lot of people on, on Phil, your dad, um, who's actually delivering the stuff that you've actually put together <laughs> uh, you know the plan and the structure and everything else and uh, you know he's he's a great spokesperson you know I, I've I've seen you know a lot of his content on on LinkedIn and I know he's uh, you know spent quite a lot of time you know jet setting over to America to these leadership conferences he's so passionate about what he does and that's great and I can see why people would buy into him um, instantly however I think you need to you know maybe shuffle him off to the side a little bit and and uh, you know gradually t- take over that um, that place on on the speaking podium yeah this is exactly you know one of the reasons that we're doing allied women in engineering is you know if I'm having challenges like this and I'm you know I'm on I'm sat around the the, the you know the boardroom table as it, yep. as people call it <laughs> you know what's it like for women who don't really have like power in you know in an organization they come to work you know they they do the job do it very well and you know they don't really get a say and as well like I I think I come from a slightly different perspective than most people and um this is kind of one of the most common questions I get asked um when I kind of tell people about what I'm doing is like how is this different from other you know initiatives other uh, you know women in engineering type initiatives um and my kind of answer to that is well there's two it's twofold really is a you know I I my whole experience is in the small business world Yep. And I think, you know, I can't remember exactly what the stat is, but majority of businesses are classed as small businesses. But I find the majority of diversity and inclusion initiatives are built around big business data because yeah. it's easier to get data from big businesses. Yep. And also big businesses tend, because they're more in the spotlight, they tend to invest in diversity and inclusion initiatives, um, which is obviously the commercial aspect of <laughs> this you yeah know, it, absolutely even if you're a charity which I know a lot of them are you still need to get money from somewhere to pay your staff to pay you know bills <laughs> yeah. to run events you know it's just the way the world works so yeah so whereas I'm coming at it from a small business angle and perhaps talking about things that aren't often talked about like the fact that most workshops have calendars of naked women dotted around and even in the director's offices <laughs> still <laughs> even these days yeah maybe I shouldn't talk about this but I'm going to anyway um the second business that we acquired um the the director's office the only artwork they had was these naked calendars they had one on each wall (laughs) and I came in and they um they were outsourcing their HR so kind of part of the process obviously of acquiring a business is getting to grips with yeah all the suppliers and all the you know the way they do things um and I remember sitting down with the HR person I was like why are these ca- like what do you think of these calendars she mm. was a woman um yeah. and I was like why are they still here what are they still doing here yeah obviously I 
taken the ones down in the director's office but they were still <laughs> they were still dotted around everywhere kitchen or everywhere and she was like oh you can't just take the calendars down you know there'll be uproar <laughs> this was an and hr like, professional yeah <laughs> oh, she was like so this was may last year so she was like when we get to november like we'll send a memo around and say just don't rebuy calendars and I've discovered that's only half the problem because most of the time it's a gift from another company (laughs) these companies actually gift each other these naked calendars anyway so so yeah so the first angle is that I'm coming at it I mean it will be it will be beneficial to big business people who work in big businesses but you need the same skills you need the same you know development and the same conversations need to be had yeah but I'm putting, I'm shining a light on kind of small business culture. Um, and the second kind of way, which I think we're a lot different is that because I'm a business leader myself, a small business leader, <laughs> yep. I understand the commerciality. Like I understand we can't just do things for the sake of it. And a hundred percent, the biggest reason that business leaders don't already engage in, you know, trying to make their businesses more inclusive or more diverse is because they genuinely don't know the business benefits of doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if, they, if they understood like the commercial benefits, I think they would want to make these changes, yeah. not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it'll be better for their business, better for them, better for everyone. <laughs> and there's just a lack of understanding, a lack of education around that. Um, and also a lack of empathy. You know, yes. we're all we're all ready to place blame and place judgment and you know I try and not do it myself although sometimes it is hard but you're never going to create change if you're placing blame and saying you know you're a bad person because you don't care about diversity and inclusion like it's not as simple as that and I think if a if a you know if a business owner comes to an event and they feel like everyone's looking at them because they're the one ultimately making the decision not to make some changes, <laughs> yeah. then they're never going to come to those rooms. They're never going to get involved in the conversations, which is another main piece of feedback that I get is, oh, well, I'm, I'm sick of going to these events and just talking to other women who already believe in what I believe. We need to be having these conversations with people who don't believe it you know and don't get me wrong there's a lot of very supportive men and you know some of them are coming to the event that we're doing but you know that's the biggest thing I'm hearing as well is like you know how are we going to get these people involved and you know my answer back is we create a safe environment we create a safe space where they're not going to be judged and it's genuinely going to be a place of education and empathy (laughs) because the stress of business is under is insane and a lot of people don't understand that if you're an employee you know you're you get paid every month in happy days but to be a business owner like you know Jeff it's very very stressful absolutely and you kind of just want your people to be loyal and committed and you know (laughs) the second you start to get like dissension in the ranks you've already got enough going on in the outside world yeah so there's things coming at you from all angles from customers from the economy from pandemics you know suppliers raising their prices and then you've got your people who you know are not necessarily showing signs that they're super happy it's very very stressful and it's just I just find it's not productive to be judgmental I think it's better to come at it from an approach of empathy and education absolutely I think that's the best way to solve any sort of problem really is is to have that 
sort of position of of not judging you know get all the get all the facts and thoughts and feelings and concerns out into the open and just have a discussion and I know that's sometimes easier said than done, um, but it's a start. It's the best foundation for any sort of uh, discussion, isn't it? So you mentioned your Allied Women in Engineering event in, in Birmingham. Uh, it's actually on March the 8th. I'm going to be attending, as you know. It just happens to be International Women's Day as well. Um, and, <laughs> yes. and I'm delighted to tell the audience that the, the event has sold out. So congratulations. Um, <laughs> what, what can people look forward to on the day? Um, I mean, the beauty of International Women's Day is that it is a day of celebration, like first and foremost. Um, and like you said in the introduction, kind of celebrating, you know, the, the amazing thing, the amazing contribution that women have made in our industry. And we've got some amazing kind of role model speakers who are going to come and share their stories. Principally, this is about leadership. And, you know, some people may be rolling their eyes as they hear this. <laughs> Because obviously leadership is a very well covered topic. But again, I think most of the time people think that people think that it, leadership comes with a promotion mm. um, or, well, yeah, you know, waiting for somebody to say, right, you're now, you've proven yourself for the last five years, doing a great job, doing what you're doing. Now you're going to lead this team and do A, B and C. Whereas me, like considering my background, like nobody ever gave me permission to lead <laughs> um like my the very first business I ran was actually um the, a business another business I had with my dad he started it on it like you know years and years I graduate from university and I, I basically go to work for him as like a you know a stop filler basically just passing through while I look for my dream job and I kind of got into that business like that was called like an, I was just like the admin assistant like literally the bottom of the ranks I used to make the coffee and the, take notes in the meetings like in my first, yeah. first few weeks um and within 18 months I was the CEO and general manager and completely ran the business yeah. <laughs> yeah. that didn't happen because somebody goes oh you're an amazing 22 year old you can cope with running a business like that didn't happen. I decided to step up to do it. Any like just do it. Just say what I was thinking, contribute my ideas, understand the barriers to change and the barriers to problem solving. Yeah. And work through those and, and encourage the team to work through those. And so leadership is not a it's not like a t job title or like, you know, something that gets given to you. It's a decision you make because you want to create change. <laughs> and, you know, it's all very well and good saying, oh, it's up to the business owner to make our culture more inclusive and to make sure that we get, you know, mental health days and that we get fair maternity leave. And it's completely up to them. But that's not true because they don't know. <laughs> They're not educated. And if they if they don't hear it from you or whoever <laughs> is making the, the decision that they want to make some changes, they don't know to make changes. It's not, it's not a one-way street. Change is a two-way street. Absolutely. Um, until people, doesn't matter how junior or senior you are, <laughs> like until people take responsibility and step up and, you know, be like, right, I'm a leader. <laughs> yeah. Today I am putting on my, you know, big girl pants and I am going to say what I really think. And I'm going to understand my team and understand you know what their perspective is and 
essentially how I can influence their perspective for po- like for positive movement. <laughs> you know, if they if if all my colleagues care about is you know I don't know fin- finishing on time, then I'm gonna do everything I can to help them do that. I'm gonna assist them. I'm gonna help them find the tools they need or um you know I'm gonna I'll chip in you know if they really need to get off to go pick the kids up from school I'm gonna chip in and um and then you build a real relationship with someone and then they start to want to see things from your perspective and you know it's a it's a it's an ongoing effort from key individuals that's how change is created so that's basically what this event is going to be about is encouraging individuals to step up give them the confidence the courage and the tools to do that and also to educate the leaders in the room some of them may or may not be educated who are coming yep. <laughs> we've done creative marketing to try and get a mixture and we're going to hear things from both sides and when we're going to see what we can do together in the future to really make change happen that's fantastic. And it's a great idea to, you know, to bring some business leaders together and, you know, talk about this in a in an open uh, and safe environment where people aren't going to be judged. Because, uh, you know, I think there's a great opportunity in general for, for more SMEs. And, and my passion is, you know, manufacturing and engineering. Everybody knows that you, you could apply this to any sector. But, you know, SMEs make up 99% of our economy, you know, um, and I think because SMEs typically haven't got the resources, the, uh, you know, the money, the time, or, or sometimes the knowledge, you know, to, to make these big strides forward themselves. Um, you have to have other people or other businesses or, or, you know, peer-to-peer groups, you know, or, you know, you can learn, SMEs can learn from other SMEs, can't they? You know, so if they're yeah. sharing experiences and maybe, you know, some of the things that have worked, some of the challenges that they're having, and talk about that in an open environment it, it's got to be good you know you, you can you can encourage that sort of knowledge sharing and, and best practice and then everybody benefits um i think there's that that sort of fear factor in a lot of small companies that are oh, oh, if i get involved in that what's it going to lead to what's the impact going to be and i guess would you be sort of addressing some of those type of thoughts or questions on on on, yeah. on the day yeah i mean it's Again, this make this probably makes um there's another reason why we're a bit different. Um, is that we're on the journey as well. Yes. You know, we're not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't call myself a diversity and inclusion expert because I'm not. <laughs> I I run businesses day to day. I don't have a whole bunch of time to like read through all the academic reports and the data and like, you know, I, you know, I, I'll try and do my best to keep up, but I'm not that person that's like, Oh, I know every fact and figure on diversity and inclusion. Um, and there's no way I can ask business owners, you know, I can, I can't set that standard for business owners. It's just an impossible standard to me to, to take that, you know, to take that expert approach yeah. Um, the approach we are taking is the commercial and human approach. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the reality that we live in um, as small business owners. It's 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 just the way. It's just the only way that we can do it. Um, so yeah. So you know, like we're acquiring these legacy businesses who've been they've been run the same way for 20, 30 years. Mm. 
and we're coming in with a fresh perspective and changes we want to make we can't always make those changes from day one <laughs> because that actually does a lot of people off yeah. <laughs> and if you're not careful you'll have a mass walkout um it's a delicate and um gradual change and you know we've because we've we're two years in now to this journey so our very first business we've had for just under two years yeah we're now starting to see <laughs> the kind of fruits of our tender love and care <laughs> yeah, brilliant. to shape the culture and to translate that into business growth we're just about you know getting there now so yeah so that there, there are no stupid questions there are no thoughts that aren't relevant no matter you know what walk of life you're coming from you may you may be that person that's super passionate about diversity and inclusion so you educate yourself on everything yeah. you just can't wait to get to work of like implementing changes in the organizations you work for or you might be that person that has no clue and you just know it's the right thing to do and yeah. you can probably see this there might be you can, you can kind of see there's some commercial reasons to do it but you're not 100 sure what they are yet like that's totally fine it's yeah we're trying to meet people where they are like I say with that empathy and compassion and just do what's best for everyone really yeah that, that's great and uh, you know I was just as you were talking then about uh you know people being at different stages of their understanding or, or interest even of, of diversity and inclusion I guess you've got sort of like a, a spectrum haven't you you know people that are super passionate people that don't care about it and that's not let's let's be brutally honest there are people uh, around um who don't care about diversity and equality and inclusion you know it's not just a case i suppose you know some people say well you can't just accept that well you know uh everybody's an individual and some people just it, it it's not for them i'm not going to judge on that i know what the right thing is to do and, and i think your approach uh using empathy and you know just this open sort of conversation and and you said taking you know looking at where where people are you know on that journey you know they might have knowledge they might not um i think if if more people just applied some common sense to these things uh the the naysayers and the people that are totally against some of these good initiatives as, as i'd like to sort of call them maybe would be a little bit more open to to considering some of these things I, I think and i've spoken to quite a few people about lots of different topics that are quite divisive in in society and in the workplace mm. and i think the people that are staunch um naysayers uh, i think there's an issue what i'm trying to say is there's an issue with with, with that sort of element of people and I'm, I'm not casting judgment on people people have got their own decisions to make that's fine but when you're sort of beating somebody over the head on a topic, wow. I think that's the, the quickest way to just totally turn them off and you'll, you'll struggle to ever get them back. Whereas yeah. if you try and um, educate them with, 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 with some facts and encourage them into, into dialogue, um, I'd, I'd like to think that generally people would start coming around and make up their own mind as to what the right thing is. Um, I genuinely so, believe that people who people who aren't interested in it and you know aren't gonna you know they're never gonna sign up to these events and you know this that and the other 
um i think it's because they believe they have bigger fish to fry yeah something else is happening in their life or business which is a higher priority to them right now and that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that they they might not be wrong <laughs> you know there might be something else that is just they just don't that's all they can do right now <laughs> yeah um and that's kind of what i mean by taking this human approach is you know we're all human we all have personal lives business lives you know we all have physical health and mental health yeah um i think genuinely if i was like encountering that person who was kind of coming off as they don't care about this and they have no interest in getting involved in anything um you know my my question you know I might not be able to say it directly to their face, but what's going through my head is, <laughs> well, what what's going on in your life right now that is causing yeah. you pain and stress yeah. that you are forgetting about the human beings in your in your business because you're just focusing on yourself, like your yourself as the human. <laughs> you only have yeah. the capacity to do that right now. Um, so I think. I think it's I think it's more than just education. I think it's understanding. I think we all have to do better understanding each other and you know the ups and downs of life that we're all going through. Um and maybe if we could, if we do that, that's when we can genuinely change somebody's mind on something like this, you know? That's when we can genuinely say, well, you know, if you're finding A, B, and C really stressful right now in life or business, like imagine how your team feel (laughs) when you, when you don't acknowledge them or you don't, you know, make, look after them in in ways that are inclusive. And because that's really all inclusive means is treating somebody like a human being rather than judging somebody by their appearance or background. (laughs) Like that's all it means is, and this is why, yes, we're called allied women in engineering, but we're actually partnering with all sorts of, you know, diversity groups to do with disabilities, LGBTQ, um, like ethnicity, yeah, uh, and also like not just um, kind of people initiatives, but also like other business, like and commercial initiatives that rely on human beings, which you know, most of them do. <laughs> like this, that's that's basically the crux of this: is everybody's human as businesses. If we just remember that. <laughs> And treat everybody as human and that's when we move you know amazing places yeah and that's when you then get that diversity of thought which means diversity of ideas and problem solving and creativity it means you appeal to more customers <laughs> it means that you acquire more diverse skill set and that's when you then get the financial results like but it, it all starts from that being human is from there <laughs> And it's a bigger picture, isn't it? It's like all those all those benefits that you've just mentioned is, you know, they are the bigger picture. You know, I think some people just see things like, uh, you know, DE and I as, as, a, as a box ticking exercise. And it shouldn't be about that. It should never be about that. You know, there are so many wider benefits. And, you know, if people just, you know, took, took a pause and, and thought about the the, the wider picture, um, you know, in the workplace, but also in life in general, you know, it's we live in such a fast paced world these days. There's always so much going on and yeah. Um, yeah, everybody's got their own personal circumstances. They might come to work. They've got a, you know, a family crisis or, you know, something really stressful is happening outside of work. Yeah, naturally that's going to have an impact on them in the workplace. 
And if people in the workplace are just walking around with their blinkers on, not, you know, acknowledging that somebody maybe isn't quite themselves and yeah. just they just carry on going about their business, it, you know, it doesn't help. I think people in general just need to look out for each other a little bit more. And there was a big topic at the moment about, you know, leadership in general globally uh, need to be more empathetic. Mm-hmm. And it, it just really uh, un- underscores the the need for, you know, for good emotional intelligence uh, yeah. levels in leadership. So, yeah, it, it's, it's all about the understanding. So just talking about the next generation, you know, and the, the, the task of encouraging more youngsters into a career in engineering or manufacturing, particularly mm-hmm. females. What is allied women in engineering doing to, you know, to help educate today's kids, the parents or and the schools themselves? Are you involved in in, in that sort of work as well? I mean, we're, we're getting involved um, because it's okay. such early days. We're still kind of <laughs> we're still like dipping our toe in lots of different things and figuring out yeah how best to to kind of make an impact. But yeah, I mean, I've been a STEM ambassador since I left university. Okay. Um, I've not always done as much with it as you know as I think I should have <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people may relate to that I was always that kid at school that wanted to be a scientist so for like so for me I always try and think like well what was like when when did that when did that kind of click and I can't I can't really the only thing I can really remember is that I don't know I think it was like year eight or something and we'd kind of was first talking about climate change and global warming and that was kind of the first time that we were being educated on that and I just got really passionate about it. I became a vegetarian and like, I really like, you know, I, I kind of made some life changes as a, as a 13 year old. Yep. <laughs> I still look cute to this day. Um, and I'm still very passionate about the environment and climate change. And yeah, that's another reason why I'm excited to be in engineering because we can make a huge impact on that. But I think that, I think for any young person to, to choose a career it's such a big deal and I think we forget how much of a big deal it is and I think to to make that decision and stick to that decision it has to be something you're passionate about it has to be something that you have fallen in love with somewhere along the way um and personally like I don't remember the word engineering ever being mentioned in school (laughs) I know it's probably a bit I don't know if it's different now um engineering was a thing and the irony is is that you know I went through school and university and a master's degree and <laughs> I kind of followed the like environmental science was yeah. like the term that I thought was kind of attached to these passions yeah as you get a bit older you kind of look back and realize like and you actually get a bit more aware of different career paths you're like oh you know if I genuinely wanted to fulfill my passions I should have done engineering because <laughs> because technology technology is going to save the world absolutely and I just had no idea that 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 was that was it like I had no idea it was an option and I would love to be that person designing the next new like solar panel or wind farm or you know biotech or these vertical farms that I think are so fascinating and I'd love to be that person that had that could do that and I think that would build me on such a deep level but I just didn't know it existed. So I think there needs to be more work done on understanding passions and like, and taking them seriously. I think, you know, a lot of children today get excited about things and they're not always taken seriously. Yeah. I think we should take them seriously. And I think we should present them their options based on what they're telling us rather than us going, 
you should want a career in engineering because of da 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 da. Like, you know, that <laughs> I don't think that's really going to work. I think it has to start with that kid giving you some direction and then you yeah. kind of giving them proper options. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, it's not a simple, it's not a simple answer. Um, you know, teachers are so overwhelmed and stressed and yeah, they are their own, <laughs> their own stuff going on. Um, and equally, you know, even if, you're that person that does go into schools. I've met some amazing engineers that just give a lot of time to mentoring and going into schools. And yeah, but it's still, it's still challenging because it's so small scale. It's like, you know, you're going to really benefit that one child's life. Amazing. But then you look around and it's like, oh, there's 2000 more in this school. (laughs) Like who's looking at them? Um, Absolutely. It's challenging. It really is. The the schools, I've got mixed thoughts about the schools, really. I mean, as you say, the teachers have got, so, you know, they're under so much pressure. And, you know, a lot of the time it's it's to hit the figures that the Department of Education are putting on them. Uh, and I get yeah. that. Um, but I think the whole, you know, engineering and manu- manufacturing thing, there's just not enough awareness about it. And the schools certainly aren't pushing. They're not they're not allowing that awareness to filter into the kids. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you, when you're growing up, how do you know what you're passionate about? Because you don't know enough about a lot of things that you could be interested <laughs> in. And if engineering is not a thing, as, as you quite rightly put it, um, that's a serious problem. You know, how, how are we going to, how are we going to fill our future talent pool? So maybe that's a, a podcast in itself for a, a, a later, a later date, you know, uh, <laughs> such a, such an important one. I wanted to find out, you know, what are your plans uh, for the rest of 2022 after the inaugural um, Allied Women in Engineering event? What, what else have you got planned for this year? I mean, we're going to base a lot of it based on the feedback we get from this event, but kind of our plan A, if you like, like the plan we're, you know, we're kind of, thinking we're going to go ahead with (laughs) before we get the feedback from the event is we kind of want to do three things really the first thing is is we want to run what we're calling kind of leadership mastermind dinners yeah so this is what I was talking about before like creating that safe environment um to gather leaders together no matter what you know your thoughts are on diversity inclusion if we help you solve your problems, the problems that are preventing you from addressing your people problems, yeah. Yeah. Then if we help you solve those problems, then maybe you'll then have the headspace and be more open-minded and be willing, like you'll, you'll be able to take in that education and, and then, you know, make positive changes with that. Mm. So um, that's kind of the first thing that we're looking at. The second thing are, kind of these um calling leadership workshops yeah so these are for people who they want to they want to have more of a voice in their organization they want to make change happen in the industry um but they just need a little help and support to do it so we'll be doing workshops on all sorts of things like from practical to personal development um, to just equip people with the skills to do that um we've got a we've got such an amazing like support system from other kind of um, women leaders and, um, you know, people who've been in the engineering sector for decades (laughs) who are really passionate on like paying it forward. So the beauty of this is it's not, it's not just reliant on me. Um, (laughs) It's, you know, we've definitely got the support of, you know, dozens of other women. So I think we'll have a really powerful education 
and um, not just like education in the sense of, oh, this is how you build your confidence, step mm. one, two, three, like real. And then the third thing is connecting with other initiatives who are having success, okay. um, really just collaborating with them all over the world. We're not limiting to, to the UK because obviously we're in a global economy. So we're, we're doing a lot of networking and having a lot of collaboration conversations as to how best to support each other with these kind of other initiatives so okay brilliant so lots lots in the pipeline for this year <laughs> i wish you all the very best with that i'm, I'm sure yeah. it's going to be a, a really interesting journey um yeah. just before we we sort of sign off what what's the best way for people to get in contact with you about allied women in engineering um so two ways really uh well actually three ways i suppose We've got LinkedIn, we've got Instagram and email, traditional okay. email. Um, so, yeah, my name is pretty unique. There aren't many Beth and Jepsons in the world. So if you find me, you'll find Allied Women in Engineering. Or equally, you can just type in Allied Women in Engineering in um, LinkedIn or Instagram and we should come up as well. Um, and, yeah, my email is uh, bethan.jepson at alliedglobal.co.uk. <laughs> fantastic thank you very much for sharing that so that wraps up today's episode i hope you've enjoyed our discussion thanks again to beth and jepson thank you for listening and look out for the next episode of insights for manufacturing see you next time bye-bye